Oh, okay. <laughs> A Korean series called Squid Game is the number one show on Netflix. That is insane. The people watching it aren't Korean. They don't speak Korean, nor have they been to Korea. Yet an estimated 132 million people have seen Squid Game to date. Call it a fad, but this much is clear. Netflix is serious about internationals. The question for us as Christians is, are we? Did you know that here in Malaysia, at least 10% of our population are internationals? I say at least because the figure is likely higher than official estimates of 3.4 million people. This does not include the 175,000 international students in colleges and universities around the country. For some, statistics like these propel us towards mission. God has brought the nations to our doorstep. But for others, we are intimidated. What difference can I make to so many? In this article, we explore three questions regarding international ministry. Who are these internationals? Why should we love them? And what happens if we don't? Who are they? Matthew 25 verse 35 For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. The list goes beyond internationals. Jesus describes the hungry, the stranger, the sick, and the prisoner. Who is Jesus calling us to serve? Well, he isn't describing expats, foreign talent. Granted, they are internationals by definition, but they aren't helpless. If anything, they might be called to help the helpless. But neither is Jesus describing the poor and needy in general. Verse 40, the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. He calls them brothers and sisters of mine. They are believers like you and me, but they are disconnected from believers like you and me. They've been coming to your church, yet they are strangers in your church. Meaning, before we can serve them as international, Nationals, Jesus wants us to see them as our brothers, as our sisters in Christ. When a friend who is an international was appointed to lead a local UK ministry team, everyone was freaking out. At a ministry conference, they asked him, what impact do you hope to make as an international reaching other internationals? We expected him to say, more internationals, more international pastors. Actually, no. What he said was, I pray that God opens our eyes to see the internationals already among us. And that's the point of this parable. If we see them, we will serve them. And if we serve them, we would have served Jesus Christ. I was a stranger, Jesus says, and you welcomed me in. Number two, why we should love them. This is verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison? and go to visit you. I don't deserve this. It's essentially what they're saying. Imagine turning down a promotion at work. This is turning down praise from Jesus Christ. When did we see you? They are surprised to hear that Jesus came to their church. If we knew you were coming, we would have welcomed you, served you, given you everything. But Jesus says, you did. 
Verse 40, the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The fact that these Christians were so surprised says something. They didn't think it was that big a deal. You can make a big deal out of international ministry. All these nations are coming to our church. You can run cafes, start Bible studies, plan churches to reach more and more nationalities for Christ. Yet here, Jesus talks about loving one person, just one. He talks about loving the least, not reaching the most. You see, what these Christians did that was so praiseworthy, so unusual, was show God's love to the unloved. There was no program, no mission statement telling them to serve the internationals in their church. They just loved others the way that God loved them. That is ordinary and extraordinary at the same time. The truth is, international ministry isn't impressive. It's slow. There's a lot of chatting over tea. Lots of running around doing practical things. There are language barriers and cultural barriers. People leave and you have to start all over again. But make no mistake, it is a big deal to King Jesus. Here he is giving out the equivalent of the Academy Awards on Judgment Day. But instead of giving to the director or to the lead actor, Jesus says the Oscar goes to the janitor and the car park attendant. So shocked are the recipients that they think that he has made a mistake. We don't deserve this, they say. Speaking not just of God's praise, but of God's salvation. And that's the right response, actually. We don't deserve any of this. Yet in the same way that Christ died for us while we were still sinners, so he enables us to serve others with that same humble, generous, and sacrificial love, not least in international ministry. Number three, what happens when we don't? Verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Mm. The reason it's called the parable of the sheep and the goats it's because there are two groups, the sheep and the goats, two outcomes, salvation and judgment, both sharing one thing in common, their surprise. Verse 44, they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or ill or in prison and did not help you? I didn't know this was going to be on the test. A student might complain to their teacher, Lord, when did we see you hungry? If only they had known it was Jesus. Of course, they would have done things differently. But like the sheep, their surprise reveals that they didn't think it was that big a deal either. So what if I don't reach the people outside of my church? I don't know these strangers. Notice it doesn't say that they hated them or caused harm to them. They simply ignored their needs. This wasn't their problem. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. The times when I've selfishly said no to a friend in need have been moments when I've said to myself, they are extra. If it was my pastor or my boss or Jesus himself, then yes. But anyone else? Let me check my calendar. So when Jesus says, whatever you did not do to one of the least of these, what I'm hearing him say to me is, start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. When I see a group of internationals and I'm tempted to hang with the Asians, drink boba and talk squid game all day, this verse says to me, who is the guy I'm least likely to talk to, to be friends with? Go talk to that guy. Similarly, you might be a city center church. 
church with lots of professionals, lots of millennials. <laughs> this verse is saying to you, what demographic is missing from your Sunday service? You might call yourself an international church, but have you been reaching the most at the expense of neglecting the least? How can you tell? It's the unanswered WhatsApp message, the deleted email, the call you let go to voicemail. I think the kids today call it ghosting. Again, you might not think it's that big a deal, but Jesus does. And you don't want to be surprised on the last day that one of those calls you missed was from him. Start at the bottom. I remember a Chinese pastor who carried two phones with him everywhere, one for official church business and the other for all the old aunties who called them every time they needed to go to hospital. He always picked up. I noticed something else. It was rarely a student who called his phone. They weren't his primary focus. Most international ministry is synonymous with student ministry. You can rally churches around student ministry to reach the 175,000 international students in the country. And I pray that that work grows and bears fruit. But what of the 3.4 million migrant workers in Malaysia, many of whom are uneducated, many of whom are undocumented, raising a family with minimal income? Which is the most and which is the least? And if you had a choice, where would you start? Start at the bottom and the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me.